0: Hello and welcome back to another episode of A Cozy Christmas Podcast. My name is Art and I welcome you back. I hope you all have been doing well and I'm looking forward to celebrating Christmas in July with you in just a, a week or two as we finally make it, have made it past Leon Day, the six-month mark to Christmas time. Well, in today's episode, we're, I want to talk about this month's reading challenge to start things off. Uh, My reading prompt for the month is A Christmas Story, and the challenge is to read a book or story that you started but then didn't finish. And my encouragement to you is to maybe give that book a second chance. Now, uh, here's why. I have mentioned on the podcast before that I do not like the movie A Christmas Story. Uh, I find it obnoxious. Uh, something about it. I don't know if it was some kind of traumatic childhood memory or what, but it, it just drives me crazy and I, I don't like it. And I know several of you have challenged me to to rewatch it as an adult and to see if maybe my opinion has changed. Now, I have not been able to do that yet. Uh, I got to confess, I haven't been able to bring myself to do it. I, I did try a couple months ago. I just couldn't bring myself to watching it so because I I really do want to maybe try it again as an adult my tastes have changed and my perspective has changed from when I first saw it I I don't think the nostalgia of the movie will appeal to me because that is referencing a time before my time I I think a movie like 8-bit Christmas really did that better uh, for uh, capturing the nostalgia for me for those of you who love the movie, you know I know why you love it, and I, I think it's great because I have films that connect with me on that level as well, and I and I love them, and and I know they're not the best made films, but I I just love them so much, and I keep coming back to them, you know I'm glad I'm glad you have the film, I'm glad it helps you celebrate Christmas, and I certainly don't want to take that away from you. That's all I'll say about the movie, and I I won't spend my time here trashing it. As far as what book I would read for that challenge, and this will have to wait for July for myself, but I'm going to be doing a buddy read of Elizabeth Gaskell's book, Cranford, with a a listener from my my book podcast. We're going to do a buddy read on that together uh, because I read it and didn't really care for it a few years ago. But I didn't read it in the right way. I read it too quickly. I just wasn't paying attention to it. I was reading so many other things at the time. So I'm going to uh, try to tackle that one and slow down and read it because I hear that it's it's a really good, funny story, but I just don't remember anything about it. So I'm going to give that one a try. It's not really Christmassy, but I think it'll make for some good summer reading. So I'm kind of postponing my reading for this month to, to next month. But I hope that you are giving those books a second chance. But there is one story I do want to recommend to you. It's called Christmas by the Book by uh, Anne Marie Ryan. And it tells a story of a married couple who own a bookstore and it's set at Christmas time. Their bookstore has been losing money and they're close to having to close down the store because of just a lack of business. And I think this is certainly a A storyline that many business owners, especially small business owners, can really identify with. And what's beautiful about this story is it shows that the importance of bookstores, the importance of 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 books and stories uh, as well. And what they do is, bookstore decides that since they are very likely going to be closing, they're going to run a contest where people can nominate different people in their town for them for the bookstore to send them a free book. And so the owners pick about 6 of the people or so from the from the list that they got and send them a different kind of Christmas story. You know, the uh, Christmas carol is one, a couple other stories I can't remember what they are off the top of my head, but they send them to their to these people. And then the story follows how they've impacted how those stories impact the people that receive them and and change their lives for the better in some ways there's a couple storylines in particular that really resonated with me one had to deal with a a young a young boy who whose sister was killed in a in a hit and run accident and there's just one chapter part that describes him by her grave and and just grieving that i think is some of the most beautiful the most beautifully written sentiments about grief that I've ever read. Uh, It was just something about it really just struck me. And another storyline deals with uh, depression and and normalizing that mental health. That it's okay to not be okay, even if it might impact your job, it needs to be dealt with. And a couple other really fun storylines as well. It's not all heavy topic stuff, but there's a few fun storylines. And anyway, this book is just charming. It's so delightful. The characters are fun to read about. And it's a Christmas story. So you already probably know how this is going to end. I'm not going to spoil it for you. But uh, it's just a well-written, cozy Christmas classic, I think. It was only written about a year or two ago. This one's definitely going on my Christmas canon list. And it's again, it's called Christmas by the Book. And it's by Anne-Marie Ryan. And I highly, highly recommend that for your uh, reading enjoyment. Well, I have some very, very exciting news. Next week, if all goes according to plan, I will be getting to go to Bronner's. Of course, if you probably know Bronner's Christmas Store. It's... Is it the nation's biggest Christmas store? The world's biggest Christmas store? I don't remember. But that has been on my Christmas bucket list for quite some time. And I'm really excited to be able to do it. Uh, because what's happening is uh, my family and I are going on some on vacation. So I'm probably going to miss a little bit of Christmas in July and getting some episodes out. Uh, just because of the timing of our vacation and, and just how crazy busy June has been for us. I got a little behind on my production schedule, but you know, that's okay. This is meant to be fun and I'm putting them out when I can. Anyway, I get to go to Bronner's and I cannot wait. So if you've been to Bronner's, let me know what are some of the must see things there. What's your favorite part of Bronner's? Any uh, family memories of going to Bronner's or a store like that? I would love to hear from you. Let me know about your experiences and... In July, I'll have an episode out where I talk about that in more detail, and I'm really looking forward to it because I get to go with my sister, who has been a, a big promoter of this podcast, and uh, she's one of my uh, supporters as well. Uh, she gives very regularly on uh, through the uh, on on Kofi, and uh, I appreciate that, of course. And that, and uh, as I always say, those those donations go back into the podcast and they help run the podcast and get equipment and stuff so anyway commercial aside uh, I'm looking forward to going to Bronner's with her she's about as big of a Christmas nut as I am so that should be a lot of fun and you know Bronner's is not going to know what hit it after we're done with it so (laughs) I hope they're ready so this is going to be epic and I can't wait to tell you all about it Well, before we get to all that insanity, uh, I have a Christmas story I want to read to you. It's by Louisa May Alcott, and it's called A Christmas Dream and How It Came True. And it tells the story of a, a little girl named Effie who needs to be taught something of the Christmas spirit. And so she has a Christmas carol inspired dream. And we'll see if that will help change her. Rather grinchy, scroogey point of view. This is, I think, the third Louisa May Alcott story I've read on the podcast. I'm looking forward to reading it. she, she She's such a skilled writer. She goes from the, the super cozy to the to the um, dramatic and, and pulp fiction kind of writing, so I, I really love her uh, wide variety of writing skill. Of course, her most famous work is "Little Women" and uh, a classic piece of literature. Uh, with a really fun uh, Christmas chapter in it or, or, or two as well, which I might want to read on the podcast someday. All right. But let's settle in by the Christmas fire. Grab your uh, iced hot chocolate or a cold cup of eggnog if you have it, and I'll read you a Christmas story. A Christmas Dream and How It Came True by Louisa May Alcott. I'm so tired of Christmas, I wish there never would be another one!" exclaimed a discontented looking little girl as she sat idly watching her mother arrange a pile of gifts two days before they were to be given. Why, Effie, what a dreadful thing to say! You are as bad as old Scrooge, and I'm afraid something will happen to you as it did to him if you don't care for dear Christmas, answered Mama, almost dropping the silver horn she was filling with delicious candies. Who was Scrooge? What happened to him?" asked Effie, with a glimmer of interest in her listless face, as she picked out the sourest lemon drop she could find, for nothing sweet suited her just then. He was one of Dickens's best people, and you can read the charming story some day. He hated Christmas until a strange dream showed him how dear and beautiful it was, and made a better man of him. I shall read it, for I like dreams. "'and have a great many curious ones myself. "'But they don't keep me from being tired of Christmas,' "'said Effie, poking discontentedly among the sweeties "'for something worth eating. "'Why are you tired of what should be the happiest time "'of all the year?' asked Mama, anxiously. "'Perhaps I shouldn't be if I had something new, "'but it is always the same, "'and there isn't any more surprise about it. "'I always find heaps of goodies in my stocking.' Don't like some of them and soon get tired of those i do like we always have a great dinner and i eat too much and feel ill next day then there is a christmas tree somewhere with a doll on top or a stupid old santa claus and children dancing and screaming over bonbons and toys that break and shiny things that are of no use really mama i've had so many christmases all alike that i don't think i can bear another one and effie laid herself flat on the sofa as if the mere idea was too much for her. Her mother laughed at her despair, but was sorry to see her little girl so discontented when she had everything to make her happy and had known but 10 Christmas days. Suppose we don't give you any presents at all. How would that suit you? asked mama, anxious to please her spoiled child. I should like one large and splendid one and one dear little one to remember some very nice person by said Effie, who was a fanciful little body full of odd whims and notions which her friends loved to gratify regardless of time, trouble, or money, for she was the last of three little girls and very dear to all the family. Well, my darling, I will see what I can do to please you and not say a word until all is ready, if I could only get a new idea to start with. And Mama went on tying up her pretty bundles with a thoughtful face while Effie strolled to the window to watch the rain that kept her indoors and made her dismal. Seems to me poor children have better times than rich ones. I can't go out and there is a girl about my age splashing along without any maid to fuss about rubbers and cloaks and umbrellas and colds. I wish I was a beggar girl. Would you like to be hungry, cold and ragged to beg all day and sleep on an ash heap at night? Asked mama wondering what would come next. Cinderella did, and had a nice time in the end. The girl out here has a basket of scraps on her arm and a big old shawl all round her, and doesn't seem to care a bit, though the water runs out of the toes of her boots. She goes paddling along, laughing at the rain and eating a cold potato, as if it tasted nicer than the chicken and ice cream I had for dinner. Yes, I do think poor children are happier than rich ones. So do I, sometimes. At the orphan asylum today, I saw two dozen merry little souls who have no parents, no home, and no hope of Christmas beyond a stick of candy or a cake. I wish you had been there to see how happy they were, playing with the old toys some richer children had sent them. "'You may give them all mine. I am so tired of them, I never want to see them again,' said Effie. Turning from the window to the pretty baby house full of everything a child's heart could desire, I will, and let you begin again with something you will not tire of, if I can only find it. And Mama knit her brows, trying to discover some grand surprise for this child who didn't care for Christmas. Nothing more was said then, and wandering off to the library, Effie found a Christmas carol, and curling herself up in the sofa corner, read it all before tea. Some of it she did not understand, but she laughed and cried over many parts of the charming story, and felt better without knowing why. All the evening she thought of poor tiny Tim, Mrs. Cratchit with the pudding, and the stout old gentleman who danced so gaily that his legs twinkled in the air. Presently bedtime arrived. Come now and toast your feet,' said Effie's nurse, "'while I do your pretty hair and tell stories.' "'I'll have a fairy tale tonight, a very interesting one,' commanded Effie, as she put on her blue silk wrapper and little fur-lined slippers." to sit before the fire and have her long curls brushed. So Nursie told her best tales, and when at last the child lay down under her lace curtains, her head was full of a curious jumble of Christmas elves, poor children, snowstorms, sugar plums, and surprises. So it is no wonder that she dreamed all night, and this was the dream which she never quite forgot. She found herself sitting on a stone in the middle of a great field, all alone. The snow was falling fast, a bitter wind whistled by, and night was coming on. She felt hungry, cold, and tired, and did not know where to go nor what to do. I wanted to be a beggar girl, and now I am one, but I don't like it, and wish somebody would come and take care of me. I don't know who I am, and I think I must be lost," thought Effie, with the curious interest one takes in one's self and dreams. But the more she thought about it, the more bewildered she felt. Faster fell the snow, colder blew the wind, darker grew the night, and poor Effie made up her mind that she was quite forgotten and left to freeze alone. The tears were chilled on her cheeks. Her feet felt like icicles, and her heart died within her. So hungry, frightened, and forlorn was she. Laying her head on her knees, she gave herself up for lost. And sat there with the great flakes fast turning her to a little white mound when suddenly the sound of music reached her and starting up she looked and listened with all her eyes and ears far away a dim light shone and a voice was heard singing she tried to run toward the welcome glimmer but could not stir and stood like a small statue of expectation while the light drew nearer and the sweet words of the song grew clearer from our happy home, through the world we roam, One week in all the year, making winter spring, With the joy we bring, for Christmastide is here. Now the eastern star shines from afar, To light the poorest home. Hearts warmer grow, gifts freely flow, For Christmastide has come. Now gay trees rise before young eyes, Abloom with tempting cheer, Blithe voices sing, and blithe bells ring, for Christmastide is here. O happy chime, O blessed time, that draws us all so near. Welcome, dear day, all creatures say, for Christmastide is here. A child's voice sang, a child's hand carried the little candle, and in the circle of soft light it shed, Effie saw a pretty child coming to her through the night and snow. A rosy, smiling creature wrapped in white fur, with a wreath of green and scarlet holly on its shining hair, the magic candle in one hand and the other outstretched as if to shower gifts and warmly press all other hands. Effie forgot to speak as this bright vision came nearer, leaving no trace of footsteps in the snow, only lighting the way with its little candle and filling the air with the music of its song. Dear child, you are lost, and I have come to find you, said the stranger, taking Effie's cold hands in his, with a smile like sunshine, while every hollyberry glowed like a little fire. Do you know me? asked Effie, feeling no fear, but a great gladness at his coming. I know all children, and go to find them, for this is my holiday, and I gather them from all parts of the world to be merry with me once a year. Are you an angel? asked Effie, looking for the wings. No, I am a Christmas spirit and live with my mates in a pleasant place, getting ready for our holiday. When we are let out to roam about the world, helping make this a happy time for all who will let us in, will you come and see how we work? I will go anywhere with you. Don't leave me again, cried Effie gladly. First, I will make you comfortable. That is what we love to do. You are cold and you shall be warm. "'Hungry, and I will feed you. "'Sorrowful, and I will make you gay.' With a wave of his candle, all three miracles were wrought, for the snowflakes turned to a white fur cloak and hood on Effie's head and shoulders. A bowl of hot soup came sailing to her lips and vanished when she had eagerly drunk the last drop. And suddenly the dismal field changed to a new world so full of wonders that all her troubles were forgotten in a minute. Bells were ringing so merrily that it was hard to keep from dancing. Green garlands hung on the walls, and every tree was a Christmas tree full of toys, and blazing with candles that never went out. In one place many little spirits sewed like mad on warm clothes, turning off work faster than any sewing machine ever invented, and great piles were made ready to be sent to poor people. Other busy creatures packed money into purses and wrote checks, which they sent flying away on the wind, a lovely kind of snowstorm to fall into a world below, full of poverty. Old and graver spirits were looking over piles of little books, in which the records of the past year were kept, telling how different people had spent it, and what sort of gifts they deserved. Some got peace, some disappointment, some remorse and sorrow, some great joy and hope. The rich had generous thoughts sent them, the poor gratitude and contentment. Children had more love and duty to parents, and parents renewed patience, wisdom, and satisfaction for and in their children. No one was forgotten. Please tell me what splendid place this is, asked Effie, as soon as she could collect her wits, after the first look at all these astonishing things. This is the Christmas world, and here we work all the year round, never tired of getting ready for the happy day. See, these are the saints just setting off for some have far to go, and the children must not be disappointed. As he spoke, the spirit pointed to four gates, out of which four great sleighs were just driving, laden with toys, while a jolly old Santa Claus sat in the middle of each, drawing on his mittens and tucking up his wraps for a long, cold drive. Why, I thought there was only one Santa Claus, and even he was a humbug, cried Effie, astonished at the sight. Never give up your faith in the sweet old stories even after you come to see that they are only the pleasant shadow of a lovely truth. Just then the sleighs went off with a great jingling of bells and pattering of reindeer hoofs, while all the spirits gave a cheer that was heard in the lower world, where people said, Hear the stars sing. I never will say there isn't any Santa Claus again. Now, show me more. You will like to see this place, I think, and may learn something here, perhaps. The spirit smiled as he led the way to a little door, through which Effie peeped into a world of dolls. Baby houses were in full blast, with dolls of all sorts going on like live people. Waxen ladies sat in their parlors elegantly dressed, dolls cooked in the kitchens, nurses walked out with bits of dollies, and the streets were full of tin soldiers marching, wooden horses prancing, express wagons rumbling, and little men hurrying to and fro. Shops were there, and tiny people buying legs of mutton, pounds of tea, mites of clothes, and everything dolls use or wear or want. But presently she saw that in some ways the dolls improved upon the manners and customs of human beings, and she watched eagerly to learn why they did these things. A fine Paris doll, driving in her carriage, took up a black worsted Dinah, who was hobbling along with a basket of clean clothes, and carried her to her journey's end, as if it were the proper thing to do. Another interesting china lady took off her comfortable red cloak and put it round a poor wooden creature done up in a paper shift, and so badly painted that its face would have sent some babies into fits. Seems to me I once knew a rich girl who didn't give her things to poor girls. I wish I could remember who she was and tell her to be as kind as that china doll, said Effie, much touched at the sweet way the pretty creature wrapped up the poor fright and then ran off in her little gray gown to buy a shiny fowl stuck on a wooden platter for her invalid mother's dinner. We recall these things to people's minds by dreams. I think the girl you speak of won't forget this one, and the spirit smiled as if he enjoyed some joke which she did not see. A little bell rang as she looked, and away scampered the children into the red and green schoolhouse with the roof that lifted up so one could see how nicely they sat at their desks with mites of books, or drew on the inch-square blackboards with crumbs of chalk. They know their lessons very well, and are as still as mice. We make a great racket at our school, and get bad marks every day. I shall tell the girls they had better mind what they do, or their dolls will be better scholars than they are, said Effie, much impressed, as she peeped in and saw no rod in the hand of the little mistress, who looked up and shook her head at the intruder, as of begging her to go away before the order of the school was disturbed. Effie retired at once, but could not resist one look in at the window of a fine mansion. Where the family were at dinner, the children behaved so well at table, and never grumbled a bit when their mamma said they could not have any more fruit. "'Now show me something else,' she said as they came again to the low door that led out of doll land. "'You have seen how we prepare for Christmas.' Let me show you where we love best, to send our good and happy gifts, answered the spirit, giving her his hand again. I know, I've seen ever so many, began Effie, thinking of her own Christmases. No, you have never seen what I will show you. Come away and remember what you see tonight. Like a flash, that bright world vanished and Effie found herself in a part of the city she had never seen before. It was far away from the gayer places where every store was brilliant with lights and full of pretty things, every house wore a festival air, while people hurried to and fro with merry greetings. It was down among the dingy streets where the poor lived, and where there was no making ready for Christmas. Hungry women looked in at the shabby shops, longing to buy meat and bread, but empty pockets forbade. Tipsy men drank up their wages in the bar rooms, and in many cold, dark chambers, Little children huddled under the thin blankets, trying to forget their misery in sleep. No nice dinners filled the air with savory smells. No gay trees dropped toys and bonbons into eager hands. No little stockings hung in rows beside the chimney piece, ready to be filled. No happy sounds of music, gay voices, and dancing feet were heard, and there were no signs of Christmas anywhere. "'Don't they have any in this place?' asked Effie, shivering, as she held fast the spirit's hand, following where he led her. "'We come to bring it. Let me show you our best workers,' and the spirit pointed to some sweet-faced men and women who came stealing into the poor houses, working such beautiful miracles that Effie could only stand and watch. Some slipped money into the empty pockets and sent the happy mothers to buy all the comforts they needed.' Others led the drunken men out of temptation and took them home to find safer pleasures there. Fires were kindled on cold hearths, tables spread as if by magic, and warm cloths wrapped round shivering limbs. Flowers suddenly bloomed in the chamber of the sick. Old people found themselves remembered. Sad hearts were consoled by a tender word, and wicked ones softened by the story of Him who forgave all sin. But the sweetest work was for the children. And Effie held her breath to watch these human fairies hang up and fill the little stockings without which a child's Christmas is not perfect, putting in things that once she would have thought very humble presents, but which now seemed beautiful and precious because these poor babies had nothing. That is so beautiful. I wish I could make merry Christmases as these good people do, and be loved and thanked as they are, said Effie softly, as she watched the busy men and women do their work and steal away without thinking of any reward but their own satisfaction. You can, if you will. I have shown you the way. Try it and see how happy your own holiday will be hereafter. As he spoke, the spirit seemed to put his arms about her and vanished with a kiss. Oh, stay and show me more, cried Effie, trying to hold him fast. Darling, wake up and tell me why you are smiling in your sleep said a voice in her ear, and opening her eyes, there was Mama bending over her, and morning sunshine streaming into the room. Are are they all gone? Did you hear the bells? Wasn't it splendid? She asked, rubbing her eyes and looking about her for the pretty child who was so real and sweet. You have been dreaming at a great rate, talking in your sleep, laughing, and clapping your hands as if you were cheering someone. Tell me what was so splendid, said Mama, smoothing the tumbled hair and lifting up the sleepy head. Then, while she was being dressed, Effie told her dream, and Nursie thought it very wonderful. But Mama smiled to see how curiously things the child had thought, read, heard, and seen through the day were mixed up in her sleep. The spirit said I could work lovely miracles if I tried, but I don't know how to begin, for I have no magic candle to make feasts appear and light up groves of Christmas trees as he did, said Effie sorrowfully. Yes, you have. We will do it. We will do it, and clapping her hands, Mama suddenly began to dance all over the room as if she had lost her wits. How? How? You must tell me, Mama, cried Effie, dancing with her, and ready to believe anything possible when she remembered the adventures of the past night. I've got it, I've got it, the new idea, a splendid one, if I can only carry it out. And Mama waltzed the little girl round till her curls flew wildly in the air, while Nursey laughed as if she would die. Tell me, tell me, shrieked Effie. No, no, it is a surprise, a grand surprise for Christmas Day, sung Mamma, evidently charmed with her happy thought. Now come to breakfast, for we must work like bees if we want to play spirits tomorrow. You and Nursie will go out shopping and get heaps of things while I arrange matters behind the scenes. They were running downstairs as Mamma spoke, and Effie called out breathlessly. It won't be a surprise, for I know you are going to ask some poor children here and have a tree or something. It won't be like my dream, for they had ever so many trees and more children than we can find anywhere. There will be no tree, no party, no dinner in this house at all, and no presents for you. Won't that be a surprise? And Mama laughed at Effie's bewildered face. Do it. I shall like it, I think. And I won't ask any questions, so it will all burst upon me when the time comes, she said, and she ate her breakfast thoughtfully, for this really would be a new sort of Christmas. All that morning, Effie trotted after Nursie in and out of shops, buying dozens of barking dogs, woolly lambs, and squeaking birds, tiny tea sets, gay picture books, mittens and hoods, dolls, and candy. Parcel after parcel was sent home, but when Effie returned, she saw no trace of them, though she peeped everywhere. Nursie chuckled, but wouldn't give a hint, and went out again in the afternoon with a long list of more things to buy, while Effie wandered forlornly about the house, missing the usual merry stir that went before the Christmas dinner and the evening fun. As for Mama, she was quite invisible all day, and came in at night so tired that she could only lie on the sofa to rest, smiling as if some very pleasant thought made her happy in spite of weariness. Is the surprise going on all right? asked Effie anxiously, for it seemed an immense time to wait till another evening came. Beautifully, better than I expected, for several of my good friends are helping, or I couldn't have done it as I wish. I know you will like it, dear, and long remember this new way of making Christmas merry. Mama gave her a very tender kiss, and Effie went to bed. The next day was a very strange one, for when she woke, There was no stocking to examine, no pile of gifts under her napkin. No one said, Merry Christmas to her, and the dinner was just as usual to her. Mama vanished again, and Nursie kept wiping her eyes and saying, The dear things, it's the prettiest idea I ever heard of. No one but your blessed ma could have done it. Do stop, Nursie, or I shall go crazy because I don't know the secret, cried Effie more than once, and she kept her eye on the clock, for at seven in the evening, The surprise was to come off. The longed-for hour arrived at last, and the child was too excited to ask questions, when Nurse put on her cloak and hood, led her to the carriage, and they drove away, leaving their house the one dark and silent one in the row. I feel like the girls in the fairy tales who are led off to strange places and see fine things, said Effie, in a whisper, as they jingled through the gay streets. Oh, my dearie, it is like a fairy tale, I do assure you. "'and you will see finer things than most children will tonight. "'Steady now and do just as I tell you, "'and don't say one word whatever you see,' answered Nursie, "'quite quivering with excitement "'as she patted a large box in her lap "'and nodded and laughed with twinkling eyes. "'They drove into a dark yard "'and Effie was led through a back door to a little room "'where Nurse coolly proceeded to take off "'not only her cloak and hood, but her dress and shoes also. "'Effie stared and bit her lips.' but kept still until out of the box came a little white fur coat and boots, a wreath of holly leaves and berries, and a candle with a frill of gold paper round it. A long, oh, escaped her then, and when she was dressed and saw herself in the glass, she started back, exclaiming, Why, Nursie, I look like the spirit in my dream! So you do, and that's the part you are to play, my pretty. Now, Whist, while I blind your eyes and put you in your place, Shall I be afraid? whispered Effie, full of wonder. For as they went out, she heard the sound of many voices, the tramp of many feet, and in spite of the bandage, was sure a great light shone upon her when she stopped. You need it be, I shall be close by, and your ma will be there. After the handkerchief was tied about her eyes, Nurse led Effie up some steps and placed her on a high platform where something like leaves touched her head, and the soft snap of lamps seemed to fill the air. Music began as soon as Nurse clapped her hands. The voices outside sounded nearer, and the tramp was evidently coming up the stairs. Now, my precious, look and see how you and your dear Ma have made a merry Christmas for them that needed it. Off went the bandage, and for a minute Effie really did think she was asleep again, for she actually stood in a grove of Christmas trees, all gay and shining as in her vision, Twelve on a side, in two rows down the room, stood the little pines, each on its low table. And behind Effie, a taller one rose to the roof, hung with wreaths of popcorn, apples, oranges, horns of candy, and cakes of all sorts, from sugary hearts to gingerbread jumbos. On the smaller trees she saw many of her own discarded toys, and those Nursie bought, as well as heaps that seemed to have rained down straight from that delightful Christmas country where she felt as if she was again. "'How splendid! Who is it for? What is that noise? Where is Mama?' cried Effie, pale with pleasure and surprise as she stood looking down the brilliant little street from her high place. Before Nurse could answer, the doors at the lower end flew open and in marched twenty-four little blue-gowned orphan girls singing sweetly, until amazement changed the song to cries of joy and wonder as the shining spectacle appeared. While they stood staring with round eyes at the wilderness of pretty things about them, Mama stepped up beside Effie, and holding her hand fast to give her courage, told the story of the dream in a few simple words, ending in this way, So my little girl wanted to be a Christmas spirit too, and make this a happy day for those who had not as many pleasures and comforts as she has. She likes surprises, and we plan this for you all. She shall play the good fairy and give each of you something from this tree after which every one will find her own name on a small tree and can go to enjoy it in her own way. March by, my dears, and let us fill your hands. Nobody told them to do it, but all the hands were clapped heartily before a single child stirred. Then one by one they came to look up wonderingly at the pretty giver of the feast, as she leaned down to offer them great yellow oranges, red apples, bunches of grapes, bonbons and cakes, till all were gone and a double row of smiling faces turned toward her as the children filed back to their places in the orderly way they had been taught. Then each was led to her own tree by the good ladies who helped Mama with all their hearts, and the happy hubbub that arose would have satisfied even Santa Claus himself. Shrieks of joy, dances of delight, laughter and tears, for some tender little things could not bear so much pleasure at once, and sobbed with mouths full of candy, "'and hands full of toys. "'How they ran to show one another the new treasures, "'how they peeped and tasted, pulled and pinched, "'until the air was full of queer noises, "'the floor covered with papers, "'and the little trees left bare of all but candles. "'I don't think heaven can be any gooder than this,' sighed one small girl, "'as she looked about her in a blissful maze, "'holding her full apron with one hand, "'while she luxuriously carried sugar plums to her mouth, with the other is that truly an angel up there asked another fascinated by the little white figure with the wreath on its shining hair who in some mysterious way had been the cause of all this merry-making i wish i dared to go and kiss her for this splendid party said a lame child leaning on her crutch as she stood near the steps wondering how it seemed to sit in a mother's lap as effie was doing while she watched the happy scene before her effie heard her and remembering tiny tim ran down and put her arms about the pale child, kissing the wistful face as she said sweetly, You may, but Mama deserves the thanks. She did it all. I only dreamed about it. Katie felt as if a truly angel was embracing her and could only stammer out her thanks, while the other children ran to see the pretty spirit and touch her soft dress until she stood in a crowd of blue gowns laughing as they held up their gifts for her to see and admire. Mamma leaned down and whispered one word to the older girls and suddenly they all took hands to dance around Effie singing as they skipped. It was a pretty sight and the ladies found it hard to break up the happy revel. But it was late for small people and too much fun is a mistake. So the girls fell into line and marched before Effie and Mamma again to say goodnight with such grateful little faces that the eyes of those who looked grew dim with tears. Mamma kissed everyone and many a hungry, childish heart felt as if the touch of those tender lips was their best gift. Effie shook so many small hands that her own tingled, and when Katie came, she pressed a small doll into Effie's hand, whispering, You didn't have a single present, and we had lots. Do keep that. It's the prettiest thing I got. I will, answered Effie, and held it fast until the last smiling face was gone, the surprise all over and she was safe in her own bed, too tired and happy for anything but sleep. Mama, it was a beautiful surprise, and I thank you so much. I don't see how you did it, but I like it best of all the Christmases I ever had, and mean to make one every year. I had my splendid big present, and here is the dear little one to keep for love of poor Katie. So even that part of my wish came true, and Effie fell asleep with a happy smile on her lips. Her one humble gift still in her hand, and a new love for Christmas in her heart that never changed through a long life spent in doing good. Well, that was The Christmas Dream and How It Came to Be True by Louisa May Alcott. So what do you think of the story today? I admit at times it seemed a little overly sentimental and and kind of trippy in some some parts, but I like the lesson it's trying to teach us that it is better to give than to receive. And at the beginning, Effie really comes across as a spoiled child. I mean, to be honest, so spoiled that you're not even looking forward to Christmas. That's that's pretty tragic. But she does, thanks to a Christmas Carol and her mother, she learns a valuable lesson. The line I really liked in this in the story was when Effie sees the Santa Clauses going out. Um, What an interesting idea that that was my understanding that there was more than one Santa that was leading out these these sleighs of toys. So maybe that's how he gets around the world all in one night. Maybe there's just more than one. Did we ever think about that? Um, That was an interesting thought. But I like what the, the angel tells Effie that says, never give up your faith in the sweet old stories even after you come to see that they are only the pleasant shadow of a lovely truth. You know, for me, I think that really sums up my belief in Santa and in Christmas. Things like that, that yes, these are stories, but at its heart, there is a lovely truth to it, that it is better to give than to receive. And how stories can cause us to examine these things, become more empathetic, and change our hearts. So there's a little um, morality story for you uh, of the type that was often written back in in uh, those days. You can really capture the lesson that perhaps the uh, the parents would want their kids to learn by giving them a story like this. But I just find them charming and, and sweet. I like that she learned her lesson and that she didn't receive anything. I mean, she did get that doll from from Katie, at the end. the 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 girl who was who had the crutches, her gift was giving presents to other people, and that made Christmas to her more meaningful. That really makes me think. So for this year, kids, I'm not going to give you anything. I'm going to give you the gift of generosity, and I'll send you all your toys to somebody else. <laughs> That might not go over so well. It looks as if Effie comes from a very privileged background, a very wealthy background. I mean, she had a nurse who would dress her and all that. So I'm assuming there was some money in that family. And she just grew tired of it all. And so between her dream, the Christmas spirits and her mom, she learned a valuable lesson. And I think that's pretty neat. So I hope you enjoyed that story. Well, that will do it for our episode today. I want to remind you that I would love to hear your stories about your favorite Christmas memory, a a tradition, and especially if you've ever gone to Bronner's, let me know. You can comment on any of the social media accounts, send me a uh, a direct message, or email me at cozychristmaspodcast at gmail.com. Also, if you would like to uh, help support the show, you can make a donation through ko-fi.com. That's ko-fi.com backslash cozychristmas and for the price of a cup of coffee, you can help uh, support our program. And as a way of saying thank you, I will send you uh, a Christmas card and a sticker or a bookmark. Also, I'm just realizing that in July, we'll mark my two year anniversary of starting and we'll embark on year three together. And I'm really looking forward to what's to come and how the podcast is continuing to grow It'll be probably another couple of weeks or more before I can drop another episode again, just because of vacation and, and uh, busyness I've had in June, we will have some Christmas and July fun coming up. I've been a guest on several podcasts recently, uh, and I've been posting those on the Facebook page uh, and Twitter as well, I believe. So you might want to go and check those out. Keep your ears open. You'll find me popping up here and there. And uh, I, I appreciate all of those podcasters who have reached out to me and and invited me onto their show most of them have asked me on to talk about books and you know that's a topic i could talk all day about so until next time remember to be kind to each other remember to do good and let us honor christmas in our heart and try to keep it all the year have a very merry christmas